Bless him, Lord. And I said, Lord, I said, I would not go. Bless him, Father. To a dead church. And I said, if you will be preached now, we flip the service upside down. <laughs> I'll preach now. Bless him, Lord. Amen. And then Brother Jeremy got up there and said all he said. And I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> but the Lord had to make a way. Bless him, Lord. So uh, you just pray. His spirit's so real. Yes. Yes. And I thank him for it. Yes. But you pray, Lord, help me. And then afterwards, Mason teach. I'm going to go to Sunday school and do whatever. It'll make no difference to me. Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. A lot of prayer requests today over some very uh, heavy weighty things, some serious things. And the more they went around and request prayer, the more I realized the need for this message and this time, the more I knew uh, that God was up to something. And I thank Him uh, for being real and for being up to something. If you got your Bibles, and you're in Second Kings and you're in the 6th chapter, would you stand? I don't do this very often. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Looking now to the 8th verse. It says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God said unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once, nor twice. Y'all look right there and just mark that in your minds. And saved himself not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syrians was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words, that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what we felt this morning. We thank you, Lord, uh, for the presence of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And Lord, just what we felt so far in this service, Lord, but we know that we come this way, dear Lord, to hear from heaven. Lord, so we pray that you would just anoint us from on high, yeah. even though we're unworthy, Lord. Yeah, and speak through us, Lord, your holy scriptures. Yeah. Lord, this world's got a lot of people saying a lot of things, Lord, but they're not you. Yeah. Lord, we want to hear from you this yeah. morning. We thank you, oh, Lord, for what you've done so far. Now help us yeah. now in this time. In your name we pray. Yeah. Amen. You may Amen. be seated. Appreciate your time uh, standing there and listening to the words of God. Abby mentioned this scripture, I believe it was, last Sunday. And the Lord began to bring it to my attention as I was thinking this week. And I want you to see here, there's a story that's going on. And this story is happening in your life. And now you're going to say, well, it, I, I don't think that's happening to me. I'm telling you right now, just listening uh, to the prayer request, this story is happening in your life. 
Notice here it says that there was a king of Syria who warred against Israel. There was an enemy who was looking uh, for some trouble. Amen. Now I want you to know today there is an enemy who's looking Amen. for some trouble. That's right. Uh, you don't believe me? Just turn the news on. Uh, for a little while, but you don't even have to do that. You can go out your back door, That's right. and you'll find that there's trouble uh, on every side. Mm -hmm. And it tells us here that every time he tried to lay a trap for Israel, every time that he tried to lay a trap for Israel, uh, that they knew already uh, where he was going to be. Notice here the Scripture says that that more than one time, it doesn't even tell us exactly how many times, whether it's once, twice, three times, or more. We do not know. But we know that every time the enemy attacked, God gave a way of escape. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to get a hold of something this morning. I want you to see that you may think that the enemy's attack is too much. Uh, there's some things that I heard today that sounds a little too much. Uh, stage four cancer. Right, yeah. you, you, stage four cancer, you can't get past stage four right, cancer. That's right. Right? Man, that's just no way out of that. That's right. Cancer of the throat, that's a, that's a terrible thing to be uh, uh, diagnosed with. That's a terrible thing. Uh, people losing their homes to fires. And, and, and we got a government that's split in half. I, I'm telling you. Uh, the enemy is real. Uh, amen. And he's on every side and every hand. We we can't get along with one another. That's right, man. Uh, we're we're killing people that are supposed to be the good guys. Uh-huh. Listen to me now. Yeah. We live in a society that wants to do away uh, with God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's where we live. That's right. There is legislation that is coming about in states all around us. To do away mm -hmm. with the house of God. Sure are. Amen. It's gonna. It, it, the, the, the enemy is looking for trouble. That's right. Now look what it says here. It says uh, that he he began to turn and and look to see where this was coming from. He believed that there was somebody uh, in his own camp that must be telling him uh, what's going on. He believed that they, there must be somebody there that's telling his secret plans. Maybe somebody on the inside and he began to ask his people, who is it among you who's telling them uh, where we're going to be at? And they said, it's not any of us, but there is one, O king, named Elisha. Now listen, that was a man of God who had a word of God. A man who listened to God. But I want you to see something here. Now he was a devout man of God. But the enemy still knew about him. That's right. Now I've read this many times. I've preached on it many times. This is this is a scripture that I like because it's got a good ending later on. I like to see the angels in the mountains. Amen. Amen. Hey, you, you, I don't know if you ever get that experience, but there's been some times I felt like the Lord just surrounded me with His angels. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But before we get there, Brother Gerald. The enemy knew about him. Yeah. Now, isn't that something? The enemy knew not only why it was happening, they knew who it was. Not only did they know who it was, they knew where he was. Go and spy him out. Can I tell you, the enemy knows where you're at. Amen. 
He knows who you are. Now, the book of Ephesians in the 6th chapter where we have the armor of God, the Bible tells us to put it on because. Because we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the darkness, against these things. Can I tell you that you're at war? Mm-hmm. And, and we don't like to think about that. And we don't like to put ourselves right in the middle of the battle. And so uh, we, we sometimes will just sit on the sideline and not realize that there's a war going. Mm-hmm. I got some scripture here. I want to read you though. In 2 Timothy in chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. And this, is, this scripture here really uh, kind of gripped me when we've been talking a whole lot in this church about getting up and going and doing for the Lord. We've been talking so much about who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. And God put us here and He put us here to do a work. And I've been thinking about that a whole lot. And and I know that that means if we get about the Father's business that the devil's probably not going to be excited about that. And so I I began to just kind of prepare myself as pastor to know that we ought to be prepared and ready for the devil's attack because he's going to attack. Amen. He's going to. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 11-12, Paul says, Whereunto I'm appointed, listen, a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He said, I got a calling on my life that God's put there. This is who I am. And I have these things to do. But then verse 12 says, uh, uh, of that scripture says, For the which cause... Because of those things, I also suffer these things. Mm-hmm. We say, preacher, I'm telling you this, that there's a war going on. Mm-hmm. You're in the battle. The enemy knows who you are. And he's attacking you in part because of the calling God put on your life. Now somebody needs to hear that this morning because that's the reason why you're not doing what God called you to do. Come on, man. That's right. Amen. Amen. Preacher, that's awful hard preaching. You ought to be called to preach and run from God a little while. You'll understand. I'm telling you, God's got something for you to do. You're in this battle. But the devil don't want you to be doing what the Lord's called you to do. He's holding you back. He's fighting against you. He's telling you you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not worthy enough. You're unclean. You're not fit. That's right. And he's right. That's right. But he didn't call you. The Lord called you. And I'm telling you right now, the longer you sit on the sideline of this game that we're playing the more the enemy is moving forward. That's what I'm talking about. Yep, that's right. That's right. Because he's still playing. Mm-hmm. He's still in the game. And he's got you over on the side, huddled up. The preacher, why? This is not what we expected. Hold on. Because it's the Word of God. That's right. He also then said, he said, let's go spy him out, see where he is, that we may fetch and send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. 
2 Kings chapter 6, now picking back up in verse 14. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. <coughs> you didn't understand what that meant. It meant he surrounded the city. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a small city. This was a large city. Can I tell you, not only are we in a war, not only does the enemy know who you are, where you are, and have a specific strategy to attack you with, not only is he mad and angry at you uh, because of you're trying to do God's work and he ain't happy with that, he's powerful. That's right. The Bible says here that the enemy had a great host, a great company. And it was mixed with horses and foot soldiers. The horses is a show, a sign of strength. Not only was there a great number of them, they were so great that they were able to encircle the whole town. Where there's the man in the middle that the target's on. Can I tell you when the enemy gets a hold of you, and when he gets in you, what? That's how you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel trapped because he's great mm-hmm. and he's strong. I thought about that man. You was asking prayer. For, I thought he feels trapped. Yeah. He feels it's closed about. Yeah. He feels like there is no room or way of escape. Mm-hmm. He feels so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I thought I know what he feels like. So i got a question for you this morning. You said there's a servant in this story. you got Elisha the prophet. He's seen God work mightily in his life. But there's a little servant here with him. And the Bible tells us that when they come out that morning and see the city just encamped with this mighty army, the servant is afraid and he's asked he says what are we going to do and I want you to know that's how people feel but my message this morning <coughs> is why are you so afraid why are you so nervous I can imagine uh, as Elisha stepped out on the porch that day this young man just shaking his but he's just he just terror it's just concerned we're going to die and he began to try to probably figure out a way out I'm just thinking and this is not in the scriptures this is where I was thinking but I imagine him thinking they're not really here for me all he wants him if I give him up to them maybe they'll let me go Maybe he thought that. Maybe maybe he thought, there's a back door back here. If I'll just go out the back door and I'll hide. and I, it, The city's a big place. They're here for him. They'll leave me alone. I'll just, I'll just hide back here until the storm blows over. Can I tell you, you probably have had those same thoughts. I'll just hide and wait this thing out. 
I can't face it. I can't overcome it. It's encircled me about. There's not anything that I can do. I'll just wait back here. Can I tell you, church, when we back up and put ourselves in a little corner and just wait for somebody else to take over, somebody else to do it, can I tell you, sometimes it's just not going to happen. That's right. Amen. A dead church is only dead if the Christians in it are dead. Amen. I'm going to just preach to you. Just the Lord just give me freedom. So I'm just going to go ahead and preach to you. The church will only die because of you. That's right. And because of me. Amen. Why will it die? Well, the devil will get you convinced. The enemy will overcome you. He'll make you feel unworthy, unfit. All those things. He'll make you feel like you just... And you'll just sit there. And you'll cower and pray. That he'll be so big, I'm not enough. I'm just going to wait this out. Come on, brother. And the devil have you right where he wants you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Praise the Lord that, uh, that Elisha didn't wait him out. Praise the Lord that you don't you don't have to either. <laughs> I got one more reason why the devil's attacking you. And I'll save this for last. Because maybe this will get your attention. The devil was attacking Elisha not because it really cared much about Elisha. The enemy was attacking Elisha not because Elisha was some great leader. Elisha didn't lead people. Elisha didn't have his own kingdom. Elisha wasn't really a threat to the Syrian army. So why did the Syrian army turn its attention towards Elisha? Because Elisha was standing in the way, hear me, of the one that it wanted to get to, which was the king of Israel. Elisha was preventing the army, listen to me, from getting to the one behind. The devil will attack you and he will come at you because there are others in your life come on, that he wants to get to. That's right. Amen. Y'all need to hear me this morning. Because it may be you that stand between the devil and your loved ones. Mm, that's good preaching. It may be you that's standing between the devil and this church. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Oh, you didn't think it was you. You thought somebody is pastor. It's just the pastor. Lord supercharged this service long before I ever got out of that seat. Bless him, Lord. That wasn't me. Yeah. Holy Spirit got a hold of this place. Got a hold of somebody. That's right. That wasn't me. It was you. It was you that was standing between the devil and this place. That's right. We got here a little bit late for church. My fault. I don't blame her. It's my fault. We come by Yes Baptist Church. I've known that church a long time. My grandfather pastored that church years and years ago when I was yeah. a child. And Don and Lorraine was getting out of the car. Y'all may, and most of y'all do know who Don and Lorraine is. I know because my grandfather passed there and he was good friends with them. Him and my grandmother loved them. I've grown to love them since. They're not in good health. Mm-hmm. Definitely, brother. Don is not in good health. 
They were there way back then. When that church had a handful of people in it. I'm talking about just a handful. I can tell you this is the absolute truth. My father told me this story. At that time, I'm, I'm, I was just, you know, probably Hansley's age, maybe a little older than Hansley. They wanted to recruit my family to move to that church so they'd have somebody young in it. Because the church was dying out. My grandmother begged my father to move us there. It's true. Why? Because she saw the church was dying. And they was doing anything they could to keep it from dying. I thought as I passed that church and I saw Brother Don and Sister Lorraine getting out of their car and his body just, you know, what it is. And, and I thought to myself, Brother Mike, there was somebody who was still standing, fighting to keep the devil out. Amen, Fighting to keep the doors open. Amen. Fighting that somebody else might find Jesus. Amen. Can I tell you, the devil would like to get through you mm -hmm. so he could get to that when it's behind mm -hmm. you. Well, preacher, you not really give us a great message. You preached how the devil's strong and how he's big and how he can surround us and how he wants to spy on me and know about me and, and hit me where it hurts and, and know where I'm weak at. Oh, that's not a good message, preacher. Well, the word's not through yet. Amen. The Bible says, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. <laughs> I want you to know those are good words right there. <laughs> Mentioned in the Bible many, many times. Fear not. I tell you what I think of. You could get whatever you want out of it. But Brother Jeremy, when I read those words, fear not. I think the Lord's on the same. Every time. Anytime I read, fear not. There's a mighty God above who created this world, who's stepping onto the scene. Let me tell you this. That devil may have an attack against you. He may make you feel like, oh, this is a hopeless situation. But fear not. There is still a God who will surround you when you feel like you're surrounded. Yeah. He said, hold on, buddy. No, don't get carried away just yet. He says, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now here's the reality. We have forgotten. We get our eyes focused on the enemy and have forgotten whose team we're on. Mm. I want, you to, I want you to know something. I was reading in the Scripture. We studied this in the, in the book of Revelations. It talks about the dragon and how when he swept his tail that a third of the stars uh, were cast uh, with him. They were cast out of the heavens. We've always taken that interpretation to mean that he took with him a third of the angels. The Bible often uses stars and angels to represent one another. Uh, you can uh, hear it directly in the book of Revelations when uh, he talks about the seven stars. And the, and the Bible tells us 
that the seven stars were the seven angels that protected the seven churches. Uh, so there are many references to stars and angels. So we believe uh, by, by what we read that those third were the angels that followed him. Now I want you to hear something. That's a bad deal. Bad day in heaven when a third of the angels chose to follow the devil. That's a bad day. But there's a truth that still adds up. If a third fell, then that means there's two thirds that stayed. Are y'all with me? I'm fixing to go somewhere. That means for every problem that you have, for every problem that you have, for every time one old demon, Satan, gets on your back, God's got two angels that He can take its place. Yep. Yeah. Are y'all here? Right. This Come on, that's good. That's good. That's, that's true. Uh -huh. That's true. He has more than enough to get you out of where you're at. Amen. That's not a problem. <coughs> Would y'all hear me this morning? There's not a problem. Brother Mike, we just hear things too many times, I think, sometimes, and it becomes redder mm -hmm. in our ears. Mm -hmm. That we quit listening to what we're saying. And what we're hearing. There's not a problem too big. Amen. That our God, bless him, Lord, cannot handle. Amen. Amen. You heard that. Amen. But if you believed it, you'd shout to the heavens. Mm -hmm. Either on, that man. or y'all don't have any problems. Come on now. And if you don't have any problems, you must be sitting on the sideline. Come on now. Because you're not in the battle. Because if you was in the battle, you would understand that Amen. he won't leave you alone. Amen. That's good preaching. Yeah. Praise God. The Lord sent us some angels. That's good preaching. There was some requests made this morning. Somebody hear this? There was a request made this morning. And you need God to show up doubly in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember who Elisha was? Mm-hmm. Oh, give me twice what he had. That's who he was. Amen. Some of you need a double dose. You see the enemy and he's got you enclosed. Yeah. You need a double dose. Lord, get me out of this. Mm -hmm. I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Lord, would you send two of them angels? I believe maybe I've got one, but would you send me another one? I think this is more than I can handle. Yes. The Bible says that he prayed that the servant's eyes be opened, that he might see what was there. The Bible says, And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I wonder, what's circling this place this morning? Come on now. As the Holy Spirit just made His way by, as the Holy Spirit come this way, I just wonder if our eyes could see what it would behold. Some of us think, oh, I was just so clouded up and I was just so dark and depression's in my life and, and I just I feel so overwhelmed. I wish... That you could see the loving Savior standing over you with His arms around you. Mm. Somebody mm. needs to have their eyes open this morning. Yeah. So that they could see. Mm -hmm. Some of us think though. Some of us think, okay, well if God's big 
and he's got me surrounded by this big group of chariots of fire. I'm sure the servant thought this. He's standing there, and his eyes are open. We're saved! Right? Expecting the chariots of fire to come down and to consume the enemy. But that's not what happened. I'm going to give you some hope this morning. Because some of you have been challenged with some things for a long time. And you feel like that there's just no end because it just keeps going on and on and on. Listen to the Scripture here. The Scripture says He prayed that they would be blinded. So you got this whole army of soldiers and, and chariots and horses and all of a sudden, and they look really intimidating. And all of a sudden, every one of them is, is blinded. I, I'm sure they begin to run into one another and the horses begin to just meander this way and that. I'm sure in just a few moments, a host of that size in a few moments would have become a confused mess. And all of a sudden, what looked so intimidating is now harmless to you. Mm -hmm. So you keep praying that God just destroy it. <coughs> but really what God wants to do is give you the power to be above it. Mm -hmm. Because you see what happens next is, is that He leads them. He goes up to them and He says, you're searching for somebody. And they say, we are. And He says, I'll take you to it. So he leads the army out of the city, leads them to the city of Samaria, totally blinded. They go in the gates, close the gates behind them. The city of Samaria at this time is the capital city of Israel. In other words, all of Israel's army is right there. And then he prays that their eyes are open. And again, the captain of the host, the king, says, Shall we fall upon them and kill them? And he says, No. Put bread and water in front of them and feed them. These are captives. You don't just slay captives. You feed them and you care for them. Look at verse 23. And he prepared great provision for them. I feel a running spell coming on in just a moment. And when... <laughs> They had eaten and drunk. He sent them away. And they went to their master. And look at the next sentence. <coughs> so the bands of Syria <coughs> came no more into the land of Israel. Amen. I'm about to tell you something. <coughs> I hope the Holy Spirit does a better job than I can do. But if you want to get... <laughs> Rid of the enemy. You gotta first know that he has not got any power over you. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord's removed his teeth. Mm -hmm. The scripture says, O death, where is thy sting? Yeah. O grave! Where is thy victory? The Lord has pulled the teeth out of that old snake. <coughs> he'll rear his head at you and he'll hiss. 
but he has no power over you. I'm going to tell you something right here. Here's how you get victory. You need, to, you need to start leading your problems to the King. That's right. And let Him take care of them. Only then did the Syrian army return. No more. They got to the King. I've told you this story before. I believe I have. I've told it to somebody before. There's a painting that used to hang. It's now owned privately by somebody, but it used to hang in a museum in France. It was painted in the 1700s of a chess match between the old devil and this little pitiful man. The name of the painting has been uh, discussed back and forth. Some people said it was the game of life and others say that the name of the painting is Checkmate because the devil has the man trapped. In chess, when you have no other moves to make it and the king is in danger, he's in Checkmate. Well, there was a chess champion, a great chess player, who was visiting in France. And he went and stood in front of this painting. He wanted to see it. He went there specifically to this very famous museum to see this painting. And he stood and he began to look at it. And they say he stood there, legend tells us, for hours. I, I, I don't know. But at some point he began to holler for an attendant, one of the museum workers. He wanted to speak to somebody. And so the attendants come to him. And he says, you have to take this painting down. He was very frustrated, very upset. And they said, well, this painting's been here for 100 years. We're not taking this painting down. He says, but it's a lie. Because the king still has a move to make. <laughs> In chess, if you declare checkmate, but there's still a move to be made, then you forfeit the win. Can I tell you that no matter what situation you're in right now, no matter how hopeless, how desperate, the king still has a move to make. Amen. That's good. There's not a situation that he's not in control of. There's not a problem too big that he can't carry. Amen. The king this morning still has a move to make. In your life, in your family, in your church, in your community, in your work, in our country, in this world, as long as we're still here, the king still has a move That's to make. Right. Amen. One day he's going to make a final move. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this will be over. Mm -hmm. But until then, he's still in charge. He's still over it all. He's still got what you need. There's not a thing, listen, there's not a thing that he can't get you through. 
So this morning, I ask you, why are you so nervous? Maybe you just need your eyes open. He can do that. He can do that. Come get a verse of song, Brother Mike. We're going to have a time of prayer. This service has been a little upside down already. That's all right. We'll have a verse or two of invitation. And then after that, we'll turn back over to Brother Jeremy. If he wants to do something else, he can. If he wants to teach, Brother Mason wants to come on and teach a Sunday school lesson, we'll do that. We just want to praise the Lord. We'll do that. Stand with us all over the house.